here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. Okay, welcome back to the Startup Canada podcast show. This is going to be one epic conversation. Well, they're all epic, but this is going to be epic times 10 because we're talking with Robert Bruski on our show today after having spent almost 10 years at financial institutions as an investment specialist Robert dove deep into the startup ecosystem founding multiple enterprises in the Waterloo region in 2016 Robert spotted a game-changing trend and leaped ahead of the curve as he co-founded Control V the very first virtual reality arcade in North America expanding a company a new cutting-edge market requires tactful strategies. So Robert right now is currently responsible for overseeing the expansion of Control-V across North America and uses out-of-the-box out-of-the-box sales and marketing techniques to do so. And we're going to talk about some of those. When he isn't at the forefront of technological revolution, Robert works closely with the startup community in Waterloo and is following his passion, his other passion, promoting the startup life through his new apparel company, I Am startup and I was going to do that but Robert took the idea in today's podcast we're going to talk to him about how he's navigating unchartered territory in tech innovation and what startup life means to him welcome to the show Robert Bruski thank you very much Rivers I'm happy to be here right on dude well let's drive right into it what do you want our listeners to take away from our discussion today my friend yeah, you know what? I'd like uh, listeners to take away take away something specifically unique. I feel a lot of people, when they talk about startups, they talk about the exact same thing over and over. <laughs> and so many articles and podcasts and things like that, you just kind of hear, oh, that again. So I hope I hope you find something unique in what I have to say. Dude, that is so epic. I love it because, you know, it's what puts the podcast hope to sleep? The same answer all the time. So you got it. Let's, yeah. let's get into it. It's going to be very cool. So the advanced technology and concept behind uh, Control V is cutting edge. You know, how did you start this company? What kind of inspired me? Because you're ahead of the curve. So what, uh, what, uh, what was the trigger point? 
Yeah, well, actually, I have two really great co-founders, Ryan Brooks and James Ellison. Um, and actually, the way the company started was uh, Ryan and myself were in Aurora, Ontario, pitching a different startup, which was in the game and technology environment. Right. And we sort of pulled over to a Tim Hortons there, and Ryan kind of said, you know what, I've been following VR for a long time, and you know, I'm always up to date on what's going on in CES, and you know, it's going to be going to be consumer ready this year it's it's no longer you know for this the developers so what can we do here and then we just sat there on like a stormy january day just brainstorming and the first thing we did was get on the phone to all the big guys while eating our you know scrumptious chicken caesar wraps and uh and just just got going like it was it was as easy as that you just saw an opportunity the technology wasn't even out for consumers this was january 2016 it yes. was going to be released like in may you know or even April. So uh, we just, it, I, I guess the opportunity just presented itself and we, we had the wherewithal to pounce on it. That is so cool. Really cool. And, 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 uh, and you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, we were just talking about doing a unique approach, but it's typically, isn't it, how these ideas just start? It's the freaking coffee shop, the bar, the, uh, the shopping mall, the car. People don't get together and say, okay, let's get to get and, and, and think of an idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that right. Way. You know what? When I, was, when I was working in the financial industry, so many people focused on the quantitative stuff, you know, building right. financial models, looking at balance sheets, yeah. all that. Sort of stuff. Yeah. You know what I did? I just I just kept myself involved in the in the news and listening to podcasts and reading blogs and seeing where an idea would come from. Right. Um, because like I mean that's truly where you're going to find your ideas. Where there's other people's you know shortcomings, you'll be like, ah, oh, there's an opportunity there. Yeah, it's interesting. One of my uh, one of my businesses I started, I was reading Profit Magazine back when it was around, and uh, exactly how I got the idea, just immersed myself into what the frig was going on across the country. And uh, so very cool that you uh, you kind of brought that back to me. Uh, as at that point, there actually wasn't podcasts when I started that company. So uh, yeah. very cool. Well, you, you know what, Rivers? Like it's as much as like para like uh, quoting Steve Jobs is so cliche. There's yeah. one thing that he said, and I love to parallel paraphrase it is that when a creative person is presented with a with a problem and they find a solution to it the non-creative person will be like well, well how did you do that and the creative person will be like what do you mean? I just did it. Yeah. And the reason the reason that happens is because a creative person is involved in so many other different facets of life. They could be working as an accountant, but you know what? They're traveling the world. They're in rock bands or, you know, working out. They, they have the ability to synthesize a solution better than somebody who isn't um, doesn't have such a breadth of experience. Yeah, I love it, man. Love it. Well, first of all, why, why is it called Control V? <laughs> That's a great question. We get that a lot. I, um, I mean, first of all, it's spelt like the control button on your keyboard. Yep. So C-T-R-L-V, right? Yeah. There's, yep. there's an inside joke that it stands for a company that really likes virtual reality. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, very good. Cool. The, the, way, the way it sort of started was um, a lot of brainstorming went into it. We knew from like IP lawyers that the easiest way to protect your intellectual property is if the name of your company or your logo has as little to do with the product that you offer as possible. So another wow. great example of that would be Apple, right? Like they're named after a fruit, but they do yeah. consumer products or consumer discretionary items. So we said, okay, we don't want to use any particular, you know, VR terminology in it. And yes. we, we kind of forecasted the market. We knew everyone's going to be calling themselves something to do with VR. So let's, mm. let's change it a bit. And we just started talking about technology and, you know, you know, coding and things like that. And a lot of, you know, coders even use syntaxes in their, in their scripts. So our early logos had like a syntax and we just kind of said, look, 
everyone uses copy and paste on their keyboard. What, what other options are there? Control Z, control T, Q. <laughs> we just kind of said V, you know, it kind of flows. Yeah. So we went with that. Yeah, in the V, the virtual, absolutely, I get it. Yeah. Um, you're the CFO of uh, Control V, uh, and you you oversee legal aspects of the company. Um, here's a here's a question that's that that is, I see a lot of startups doing this, and I personally say they shouldn't do it at the early early stage. But you decided to incorporate Control V even before you opened your first store. What the, what made you decide that? <laughs> well, I mean, so a, a lot of startups do it early on um, for a few reasons. I mean, they have this this vision that this is going to be a worldwide epidemic with every different idea that they have. So they want to protect it right away. The other thing is they get a lot of mentorship influence that says, make sure you cross your T's and dot all your I's and they're dealing with legal and accounting when they really should just be perfecting a product, understanding their customers and getting to work. Like I cannot stress that enough. Forget all this other stuff. Get to work. The reason why we jumped the gun is because uh, specifically at that point in, in our lives, we had had that experience with other different startups. We had done our market research, our testing, everything, but that was simply the next logical step. Then really the next step after incorporation was to purchase commercial versions of, of the hardware to uh, buy business insurance, everything that required a corporation. Right. Okay, so, cool. I mean, Rivers, it's it's mainly because we move so, so fast. It seems right. like it's early, but it was right in the appropriate timeline. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because uh, again, we, we just, you know, you, I, I, I say the worst, uh, the worst people that a startup should talk to at the beginning, and I am, and, and, and the heads always turn me because I'm going to talk about some type of people here, but this is at the beginning. Worst people start is, is a banker, an accountant, and a lawyer because <laughs> they are so destined to squash everything you want to do and charge you for it yeah, and totally. so uh, so that's why i'm happy you talked about it actually was at the right time that's the key it's got to be at the right time mm -hmm. love it love it love it love it okay so um you're uh, you're doing some pretty cool stuff with regards to expansion i do want to talk about the sales and marketing and more so from a sales perspective we talked to a lot of marketers on our show but uh i really see you know sales as 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 a as a talent as a discipline whatever you want to call it is something that people really don't give enough respect to um and so tell us how you uh, you 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 do out of the box sales approaches to control v expansion yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, I, I agree with you. Sales is so important. And I agree that it is a talent. You know, there's some people that are born with it. And despite how much you try to work at it, you may not grasp it. You know, I'd love to play in the NBA and I could sit there and like dribble balls all day. But, you know, I'm still super short. So it's it's not going to it's not going to happen. Yeah. So when it when it comes to sales, I mean, I think the first thing is that you need to have a fantastic, compelling product. Because whatever you use, whether it's out of the box sales or within the box sales, um, it's really tough to sell something that doesn't work. So as, as long as you have that sorted out in your company, that's when you can start thinking about out of the box sales. So typically sales, you know, they're considered, uh, you know, I'm going to do some cold calls, send some emails, see who bites. And even when you start veering off into advertising, people are thinking, okay, you know what, I'll put up a billboard or I'll do a radio ad or something like that. You know, that I think that's a little bit old hat, you know, like just getting your name out there is different. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you need to put it out there in a very, very compelling way. So my favorite example of, uh, of sales 
is uh, the Cannes Creativity Festival that happens alongside the Cannes uh, Film Festival. Uh, this is where, and it's actually, I would, I think it's bigger than the film festival. It's, it's, it's got a larger attendance rate. This is where um, all of the different type of marketing is awarded and recognized, and they've actually done studies and correlations between how how does the creativity and the out of the box thinking in this correlate to um, actual conversion and sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they talk about that. You aren't yourself when you're hungry Snickers commercial. And they talk about <laughs> the, the, uh, the happiness campaign that Coke did. And traditionally, like the worst marketing sales company in the past uh, was, uh, you know, the, the guys who did the, the rudimentary home stuff, you know, like the, the dish detergent and, you know, um, like Procter & Gamble. But they, they've totally changed the way they do it. Now they released that big Dove ad, you know, where like Photoshop changes changes the way a woman looks or yeah. how looks, right? Yeah. So paying attention to things like that and what people do to really be out of the box is important and i also i also have to stress that it's it's okay to be crass or brazen in your sales um, because it conveys a degree of of honesty of you know being genuine so when i speak to people and i i mean first of all you know getting the people in front of you is one thing but when you speak to them you just be yourself you know right, and right. Hold back um, but like like i said getting them to use a totally different thing and there's tons of strategies you can read online with google adwords and facebook and things like that but when you come up with something truly out of the box which comes from your creativity that creativity uh, that i've been talking about all the time like yeah. with it try it and make sure you have metrics to to turn back and see how that works so I, i'm a big fan of can um i i love listening to i mean i, I listen to your podcast but i also listen to right influence um which is a fantastic podcast with uh um with uh, tony o'reilly i believe yeah. uh terry o'reilly sorry right. um, there's, there's always so much great content. When you listen to that sort of stuff, you're going to get fantastic out-of-the-box ideas. You know, here yeah. at Control-V, we did a free demo day that had 700 people lined up around the corner. What nice. company, like, what company is going to say, oh, I'm going to give away my product for free for a day? No, yeah. no. you got to do stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's important. Like we, we do mobile events. We set up at like various comic conventions here in, in Guelph and in Toronto. Um, and, you know, just being able to walk around and talk to people. Like we take trips to L.A. and people are like, so what do you do? The last thing you want to say is, oh, I run a virtual reality arcade. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, an arcade. Aren't those things dead? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> You have to you have to feel that out of the box um, spirit as soon as you wake up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I do. I do exactly know what you mean. You know, I, I live by a very simple philosophy as it relates to not only my businesses uh, but also my life, and uh, it has taken me on uh, uh, just amazing journeys by consistently focusing in on this one word, and it relates to uh, I, I zag when everybody else zigs. So mm-hmm. it's is this a zag? Is this a zag is this a zag is this a zag and uh so i totally get what you're talking about it's the spirit of being out of the box live it breathe it always be looking for it yeah you know uh, what you know what look at it this way you create the box and put everyone else in it. You know yeah, what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Set to the side. That's what yeah. you got to do. I like that. I'm going to create the box. Get in the box. Get in the box. Yeah. That's very cool, man. Very, very cool. Um, 
I, 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 I got a bunch of questions in front of me, but one of them is just keep staring back at me because I am, I am so, uh, I, I want to, I want to say the word proud of you for doing this, uh, starting the apparel brand. I am startup, which obviously goes back to celebrating the startup, uh, culture and so on. And, uh, uh, near and dear to my heart. And, and to me, it needs to be celebrated. It needs to be respected and so on. Why do you, why do you think it's, it's, uh, it's important to celebrate the startup uh, culture? What, what kind of inspired? you. I mean, I, I get it from my perspective why I'd want to do it, but let's let's dig a little bit deeper into Robert. Why yeah. that touched you? Well, I mean, okay. So the f- the first thing I, I should uh, probably define, which I think a lot of people confuse, is what it truly means to be a startup. Right. Um, because especially this day and age, being a startup has almost become like a trend. You know, it's like saying, "Yo, dude, I'm in a band, right? We practice every two months." You're not really, you know what I mean? Brilliant. Really, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, I'm in a startup, but beyond that, like you're working day and night, you're constantly getting slapped in the face. Like it's, it's you know, grinding and hustling and all the the words that people use these days, and it's really, really pushing as hard as you can. When everyone else is taking a break, you're just killing it. You're trying everything you can you're pushing as hard our accountants and our lawyers that we have for control v have said that they that they've never in their career seen somebody move so fast and with such sort of regard for detail in order to get the the appropriate things sorted out in their entire careers Mm. so when you understand truly what a startup is and how much really goes into it, you sort of realize the, the mentality that entrepreneurs and startup founders go through. And it is incredibly depressing. It is so sad um, because you're always, always giving. You know, what I, you know what I hate? When people say, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm like, be so afraid to fail because everything, <laughs> you're risking everything. Your money. Dude, your that is epic. Friends, Absolutely. You know, absolutely run from it do what you can to not fail do your research if you do okay like learn from it but like be afraid to fail Uh, and that's stressful and a lot of entrepreneurs go through periods of depression they call it worse it's big yeah um and when you put your entire body and soul and everything about you into something that you so truly believe in there's no opportunity for you to to uh, show it off to be proud mm, you know mm, because it's somewhere else mm, right on you know have it there passively and show somebody that you're involved in something that truly means something i i, I mean that's yeah, i don't know what to say like it just feels yeah. like something uh, it's a part of your body, you know. Yes, sir. Yeah. So how does how does somebody find uh, uh, your? Is it a retail shop, online shop? How does it work? It's all online. It's yeah. IamStartupLife.com. Right. Uh, and they're they're very very simple. You know, it's it goes around the whole uh, designing and brand of simplicity. It's just mm-hmm. I am startup on a very simple piece of apparel, a T-shirt, a hoodie, whatever it is, um, because it sort of caters to the fact that. You know, everything else in your life, all the other, you know, proverbial designs on your T-shirt isn't there. It's that one word, I am startup. And it is one word. That's what the brand is. Uh, I love it. really, really uh, expresses what you mean. So the website is IamStartupLife.com and you, you can just get whatever you want on there. Well, wait a minute now, Robert. You told me you're just talking about out-of-the-box thinking and everything that everybody does.com. How come you chose .com for that one? 
Well, I mean, so part of it, like the .com selection versus .org, .ca, .net. Yeah. I mean, there's new ones coming out, .abc. Yeah. A lot of that also has to do with uh, uh, quantitative strategy and how sure. things are picked up online and things yeah, like that. So yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of companies that pick .co and .io because it works with their brand, but yes. then they struggle getting traffic online. So there's, uh, there's a great blend here between doing out-of-the-box thinking and strategizing properly too. Uh, good, uh, good, good, good comback on that one. I, and, and you're, and, <laughs> and you're hundred percent correct, by the way, yeah, be very afraid, not only of failing, but be very afraid of not having money also along the way. Oh, so. it, sucks. it sucks. Like, can, like there's so many people that will say, you know, money can't buy happiness. All right. Let me, let me put you into, into a, a situation here. Let's say you're living in a country that has no healthcare and yeah. a loved one of yours has to go through some critical surgery that's going to save their life. Otherwise, they're going to die, yeah. and that financial expense is on you. Yes. That, yeah. that, then tell yeah. me how yeah. money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah, it's, you it's know a, what I mean? It's, it's a stupid comment. It, yeah. it, money doesn't buy it, but it sure helps. That's yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I love the saying, and, I, and I'm, I'm a believer that uh, that you, you, know, you, you make your way, and uh, you, you, know, you help the voiceless. I get that part of it. But the best way you can help the poor is not to become one. That's the exactly, exactly way you do it. So bang on, man. Bang on. Um, yeah, what's your favorite I Am Startup um, um, apparel? What's, uh, what's your... What do you like wearing? My favorite one is uh, the, the the signature one, which is the the plain black t shirt with uh, the bold "I am startup" in white on the on the chest on the front. Um, I mean, there's there's some great tank tops and and hoodies and things like that, but there's there's a there's sort of like a almost a sexy appeal to t-shirts these days you know mm-hmm. they're not this sort mm-hmm. of baggy thing that you know people would just wear in their basement when they're playing xbox all night it's yeah. it's now almost become a piece of formal wear you could wear it yep. under a blazer when you're going yep. to, uh, to like a with a logo uh, on it that's yeah, a brilliant with a logo program. on it. Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Well, listen, yeah. I had a friend who was uh, he he was building a startup here out of uh, out of just locally out of Canada, and he went to help another friend move in uh, in Rochester. And while they were sitting in a bar, somebody came up because they overheard their conversation. A little while later, they're one of their first uh, financiers for their startup. Now these guys have Crazy. Are a large startup, or now they're like a full company. I don't even know if you'd classify them as a startup doing big deals simply because somebody overheard in a bar. So being able to put this, put your pride on your chest um, could also open up a variety of opportunities for you. Love it, man. Love it, love it, love it. So um, let's get uh, just kind of looking through here as to where I want to go next with these great. I, I knew we would segue a bit with the <laughs> with you as soon as I, I one when I read it, but also having this great conversation now. Um, why do, why do you think it's important to diversify your experience? Because you've had ten years of financial and investment experience, and now you're you know you're looking after legal aspects of Control V. What's what's your thoughts on that to uh, diversify your experience? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of times when people think of diversification, they always think of their investments, right? You know, your portfolio. Am I investing in, you know, uh, Loblaws and, uh, you know, Canadian Tire or or how am I diversifying it? But it's not the actual uh, companies that you should be diversifying. It's the cash flow. So when companies go through different seasons um, and one is, is high in cash flow, the other one is isn't then later when you know roles swap you still have that steady sort of protection that's mm. where the in the financial world that's where device diversification um, right. brings its benefit it's the cash flow not the industry so when you talk about your skill set 
and uh, how that apply, how diversification applies to that. It's sort of the same thing. It's it's not the skills that you have. It's the output from those skills, you know? So, I mean, like I said, I'm the CFO for Control V. I take care of all things accounting, finance, franchising, sales, legal, like business strategy, marketing, everything. But, you know, if I just had the skill set for to do the legal work, Okay, that doesn't mean anything if there's if there's no fruits that can come out of that skill set. So when you're diversifying yourself, you know, either do it for um, for something that could be a benefit in the future, or do it for something you like. I mean, when when I make a decision, there's there's three things I consider. One, um, is it is it going to make me a better person? Is it going to make me happy, or is it going to make me money? Mm. So you think of the combination, right? Like there's a lot of people that will work at jobs that they hate, but they know it'll bring them an income. There's people that work at jobs that don't bring them an income, but they love it because it's a passion project of theirs. We've got a a great organization starting up here in Kitchener called uh, So Far Sounds which is secret, exclusive, invite-only concerts that are like in really weird places. Sometimes somebody's like dining room, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so cool. And you get all yeah. these artists. You don't know where, uh, where it is um, and you don't know who's performing until you actually arrive. So I'm, I, I'm responsible for the artist acquisition in that, in that uh, respect. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, does that answer your question? It totally answers it, and specifically Perfect. related to the fact is that what what I love what you said right there is is because because I'm a big team player when it comes to startups and, and and entrepreneurs and making sure you get the you know the the right people and I use analogies all the time to the Patriots because of their excellence and I don't know where your where your where your uh, your loyalty falls on football teams but they really understand about team 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 but you just giving me that aha moment I don't need somebody to be the financial guy i need to know what those outputs are going to be from having that guy be the financial guy and that girl being in charge of it so don't tell me you're a, you're a, you're we need a lawyer no yeah. what we need is outputs from a legal aspect to and have somebody fulfill that yeah. role i love and it you know what and you should balance balance your money that way too right. um so often i'd hear people say look sales is really important let's hire a sales guy but what you could actually do is increase your own output by 20 or 30 percent because you've got the bandwidth instead of going home to have a beer and watching game Mm -hmm. of thrones Mm. and you hire somebody (laughs) where there's a deficiency like if you need an hr or a cfo or an internal compliance counsel you know that that's how you have to uh sort of uh balance these things and a lot of a lot of times you're going to learn these nuances from a network of mentors and the way Mm. i like to look at it is every person should have three mentors okay one is a person who is exactly in the same spot as you like a co-worker that's going through the same trials and tribulations as you are two is a person who's just a little further along than you it could be an executive at your company it could be you know a parent or also a friend but they're, they're sort of moved along in the business or life cycle and three is somebody that is really unattainable somebody like warren buffett or steve jobs or things like that if you have those three levels of mentorship you'll learn all these different nuances that you won't be able to find any other way do you uh, are you a netflix guy Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, what's your What's your favorite all time Netflix series? Oh, Netflix! You know what? I've really been into uh, Orange Is the New Black. Ah, really? That's interesting. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? It, the The reason why I'm into it is because 
when you watch these women in this prison, I mean, I've never been to prison, but you always kind of see it in movies and you're like, this is what it's like. But the sort of emotional things that they go through, knowing that basically their life to the outside world is over and they have to recreate a family and friends and a support network inside that will be the same thing to eternity, like definitely it's, it's petrifying. So it's almost something that I watch and I'm like, I'm, I'm really grateful for everything I have. Yeah. It's a, uh, I've, I've watched that series and I'm a big prison guy. It's actually my, you know, they say uh, your people's biggest fear is, uh, is public speaking or, you know, going broke or whatever. My biggest fear is going to prison. I don't know yeah. what it is as if I've been there in another life or whatever, but an epic, epic uh, session. Um, if you ever watch it again, you look, you, you look at the, the, the building and that, and I know that's done in a school. It's yeah. got to be done in a school somewhere. It's yeah. abandoned because it's just a little, how they lay it out and so on, but a great, great series. No, uh, no doubt about it. Very cool. So, Robert, um, uh, who's the closest person uh, in your life to you? Oh, I, I'd probably have to say like my direct family. You know, okay. my mother, so, father, and my sister for sure. Okay, so uh, your 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 sister is in the room. What's her name? Her name is Kasia. Kasia, I love it. Very nice. Yeah, it's, Polish. Um, <laughs> it's Polish, is it? Yep, of course. Oh, very cool. So Cash is in the room, and you have the ability to tell her to read one book and that will make the biggest impact on her life. And, and yes, a little bit on you need to understand what her life is all about. But sure. ultimately, this is all about you're not allowed to recommend it another book to her for the rest of her life, or the, sorry, the rest of your life or hers. Um, what would that book be? Mm, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I guess it really depends on what she's doing, but you know what, given the fact that this, that this podcast is, you know, startup focused, I would absolutely say, uh, the little book of building wealth by Pat Dorsey. Wow. Um, Tell us about that. So, so Pat, uh, Pat runs Dorsey asset management and he preaches a lot of, uh, Warren Buffett's investment principles. Um, and you know, being a finance guy, I love talking about it, but the, the way this applies to entrepreneurship and the startup world is uncanny. Okay. So he talks about things called economic moats. So the moat, the moat that's, uh, that goes around a castle to to prevent, uh, enemies from getting in, you can build a moat like that around your business. So investors will look at what businesses have moats in order to make a prudent investment. Uh, but startups and entrepreneurs should think about how to build a moat for their business. I uh, love it. What's it, it called it's, again? It's called The Little Book of Building Wealth, I think. Or let me see here. I'll, I'll just Google it really yeah, quickly. Perfect. That'd be great. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, The Little Book That Builds Wealth. Um, it's, it's like gold or yellowish. Um, it's by Pat Dorsey. It's really small, really fast read, but the content in there is so powerful. There's no fluff. It's right to the point. I love it. You talked about investors just a second ago, and you've uh, you've obviously brought through Control V something that uh, is kind of well, one out of the box, definitely. But two, what the frig are you talking about to investors? What do you say to our listeners that are, are I've got something like you know perception wise of what what Control V had when it started? What do you say to them when they're trying to really position something new, a concept, whatever, and there's not a a, a tangibility associated with it that people can relate to or something that they can compare it to? Um, you know what? I think 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, yeah, we get a lot of people saying, "What? I don't really get what Control V is, or what what virtual reality is, and an arcade." A lot of landlords too. They're like, "An arcade? Really? Am I going to have a bunch of T-birds and pink ladies hanging out outside my place, and <laughs> smoking and drinking?" No. Um, so I think when when people are building a startup or building a building a company, um, they're very frequently thinking about the end result um, and maybe not putting too much uh, concept. Uh, too much focus not on the not on the process but at the beginning how to build it you know they'll right. say oh this is a cool product and they won't think about whether the customer whether there's any demand for the product you know right so right. um i think when you think that way you're going to build a business you're going to build something with an economic moat that has a little bit more stability and it's going to be way easier to find financing because that's what everyone's thinking about right now you know i'm, I'm going to come up with an idea i'm going to find some money in an investor but Listen, yep. let me tell you, Rivers, if there was a way to short the financing market in Canada, <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat, okay? Like, any of your, your grants or your bursaries or your loans or banks, those those applications take months and yeah, months. Man. What startup yeah. has time to wait for that? If yeah. you're going to venture capitalists or angel investors, they're all already tied up in illiquid investments that aren't paying dividends or aren't having successful exits because they're waiting for their next Facebook. Yeah. And then when you go to Bay Street, that's smash and grab. They're going to try to drive up your price so they can get a profit on the IPO without increasing your intrinsic value. And then you're screwed. Right. So build a business with an economic moat that can be profitable from the get go and can be self-sustaining. High freaking five right through this microphone, man. I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Look, I'm looking at the clock. We're done. Awesome. <laughs> that was so, I mean, and, and it was like, okay, well, we got about 10 minutes left and we, we try to, we try to respect the short attention span that, uh, that our listeners have because we are all entrepreneurs, but, um, I, uh, Robert, this has been an incredible journey, man. Absolutely. An epic conversation with you. Love your spirit. Love your insight. Love the fact you're pushing the edge. Love the fact that you're helping the startup community from a, uh, you know, a spiritual perspective. And I know you're doing and work with the community in uh, Kitchener Waterloo too so keep on happening man and uh, I look forward to the next uh, potential to shake your hand and uh, I mean, you probably get this all the time have a brewski with you have a brewski with you. it <laughs> happens all the time right okay yeah all the time <laughs> you know you know people make fun of they used to make fun of my names all the time rivers and uh, when I was growing up and and and, and after I, I finally started to make fun of my own name and uh -huh. it stopped them from making fun of my name because then it was no longer fun <laughs> Listen, I, I don't think there's anything to make fun of with Bruce. I think it's fantastic. That's yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're epic, man. Thank you so much awesome. for your time Thank today. You. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll chat soon. Cool. You got it. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Malcolm McKillop, partner of Shields O'Donnell McKillop, LLP, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast. 
what are some of the what are some of the things that regarding the locality that that uh, our our listeners need to know about firing or letting go uh, employees? Um, at a, sorry, at a startup. Yeah, the worst uh, example I can give you of that is a startup that I represent that was very successful. Uh, it was really a scale up, and it had to get rid of one of his founders. Oh. And and it's heart it's heart wrenching, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you know it wasn't personal; it was business. Right. And, and um, entrepreneurs need to um, uh, mature uh, in how they approach business uh, as their business grows, as it becomes more complex, as it is um, scaling up, um, and how they portray themselves to the outside world, and so on. Um, and so, uh, getting rid of a founder is very difficult. And you know, it, it obviously, it's not as bad when you have somebody uh, further down the the chain. But it is a um, the same issues uh, can uh, apply in terms of, uh, especially if you're a small shop and you're growing, but then you have to take somebody out of the lineup and. Uh, um, uh, other people are impacted by that. Um, uh, there's going to be a hole that needs to be filled, maybe, and and people start wondering whether why the person was terminated. Uh, these days, if if a company um, uh, just fires somebody quickly without thought, without reason, um, and it's not handled properly, they they fire somebody on their birthday or they fire somebody while uh, you know they're at their parents' funeral. Um, the the workers around you will feel like you you don't know how to run a business. You don't care about them even though you didn't even do anything to them they'll look at what you're doing to their co-workers and and they'll they'll uh, show their disapproval with their feet they'll go look for another job and so um firing uh, somebody is very difficult and there are a lot of issues there are a lot of restrictions on employers uh on when and how to fire somebody 